Hey, this is Pastor Jeff and this is the JRM Sydney Podcast. We welcome you and we hope that as you listen, you will be blessed, empowered, and enriched. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. God bless you. Amen. Can you, can you turn to your neighbor and uh, just ask a question? Hindi ko alam kung yung question na itatanong. Gusto ko lang kayo mag-settle down. I think you're all settled down. Amen. So let's proceed to the word. Amen. Let's just continue to pray. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for today, Lord God, and the word, Lord God, that you wanted to impart into our hearts, Lord. We will bring out uh, this word, Lord God, unto the world. And I pray, Lord God, that uh, indeed, Lord God, as your word is poured out unto us, Lord God, will be refreshed, encouraged, empowered, Lord Jesus, and assured of your great love. Lord, salamat po. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, well, happy Father's Day po ulit. And uh, once again, welcome to spring. Tapos na yung winter. Hallelujah. <laughs> we are now into the one of the best seasons of the year. And um, sama kayo sa amin sa Floriad later on. Mag-trip tayo doon. And also, welcome to the Burr Months. No? Excited tayo, especially uh, malapit na yung Pasko. Uh, and we, we are very much excited for the coming months ahead. It's funny because when um, Angel was testifying about the pregnancy, I was meaning to actually say as uh, you know, an, an intro to this message, I really can sense that Um, this church is pregnant, literally. <laughs> literally, palaki angel yun, ano. But this church is pregnant with infinite possibilities. I can really sense that there is a new season that the Lord is ushering us into. And we really want to take advantage of and take uh, see that opportunity that the Lord wants to, uh, that's opening before us. And what's amazing with being a part, we're still a pioneering church after three years Um, we're still in that period wherein we're pioneering, we're still building up, and uh, we're still morphing as a, as a congregation, as a church family. The Lord is still transforming us and forming us, reforming us, and it's beautiful to behold from the early beginnings to this point how the Lord has brought us this far. But what's amazing on being a part of a pioneering church is God is inviting each and every one of us. It's like a Uh, a, a blank canvas, you know, yung mga painters. No? It's like a blank canvas. And what's happening is that the Lord wants to paint a picture, but He wants to paint a picture using each and every one of us. And the Lord is inviting each and every one of us to pick a paintbrush and choose a color and put your paintbrush using your hand on that blank canvas. And all together, as we mix it all up with your giftings, with your uh, abilities, with, with everything that God has, you know, DNA-wise and before you were born, the calling that God has in your life, as we mix them all together, it's being built up as a tapestry of a beautiful, a beautiful picture. And uh, that's what I see. That's what I see. And it, every week, week, week in and week out, it just doesn't fail to amaze me of what the Lord is Uh, doing in our midst. Amen. Um, the boat is sinking tayo. Ang dami. <laughs> Yun lang kaya mag-reach. <laughs> Amen. Na, nasa kitchen yung mga, yung mga iba nating ano. Anyways, um, we're, we're continuing with our 
um, four-month series. So our four-month series, for those of us who have joined us for the first time, we are uh, in a four-month series entitled In the Footsteps of Jesus. And particularly what we are looking at is the Gospels. We've started uh, two months ago in July with the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, and we've learned so much from uh, the picture that Mark is trying to paint on who Jesus is and how the ministry of the Lord is, what His heartbeat for us is. Then last month, we've um, just concluded last week our series on the, the Gospel of Matthew. And that's just an incredible uh, series that we've had uh, looking at Jesus and the kingship and the authority and lordship of the Lord uh, in our lives and our response to what Matthew is trying to show us. And this month, I'm really excited about this series because we're opening up our series, and we invite you to join us in our daily devotions. No, every, every single day po, we publish you know, what we are looking at in the Gospel of John. And John is the, one of my favorite, of course, it's my ultimate favorite book in the, in the Bible, in the entire Bible. John is written so creatively and uh, uh, interpretatively. Uh, unlike Mar Mark and Matthew, we were talking about this during our discipleship group last Friday. And uh, when you look at Matthew and Mark, you see a little bit of biography and um, history written uh, in their accounts. Almost like, ang talambuhay ni Jose Rizal. No, somehow like that. And um, John here writes the Gospel of Jesus Christ in a very different way. Almost very creative. And if you look at it, we were talking about it last Friday. Some Bible scholars are actually agreeing on this. That it's, it looks like when, when this is being publicly read during the ancient time in the first century, it looks like they are reading a stage play. So you'll see eventually as you read along the book of John, uh, the characters play like that. So there will be uh, one primary character on the stage. So for example, the woman at the well. Uh, um, Jesus and the disciples are there in the well. The disciples leaves get some food to eat, and then he, Jesus remains on the stage, and next scene, the woman comes in the scene, and now Jesus and the woman is talking, and then uh, after they have that conversation, the woman leaves the stage, and then the, the disciples comes back, and then talks with Jesus, and da-da-da-da-da, and then what happens at the end is that the woman comes back together with, uh, uh, I mean, all of the characters in one stage. So most of the time, you will see that kind of play in, in the book of John. Now, we'd like to help you out in, in how we are going to launch this. Uh, it was very helpful during that time in the discipleship group in our place last Friday. But just to recap it, um, the book of John is written for uh, when, when John was in Ephesus. So Ephesian churches is mostly the audience of John. We said that Matthew primarily wrote the gospel to the Jews, yung mga uh, Jewish po, during that time. And they understand the Old Testament, the history of Israel. That's why Matthew doesn't feel the need to explain about Abraham and David and, and Moses. And then Mark was written to uh, primarily Gentile believers, but they don't really have a full knowledge of the Old Testament. That's why when you read the book of Mark, he will basically explain some of the traditions and uh, some of the um, uh, history of Israel. Now, uh, the book of John is written to a mixture of Gentiles and Jewish people in Ephesians. Now, during that time, we will find that the purpose of John is found in John chapter 20, verse 30 to 31. We'll have to read through that. Okay. 
I'm I'm skipping most of the things that um is regarding our dads because I think our presentations earlier already topped it up. <laughs> Anyways, John's purpose is written in John 20, verse 30 to 31. It says here, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But this are written, the Gospel of John, that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name that you may continue to believe. Which gives us a, a bit of a clue of what's going on during that time, which is, yeah, historically correct. People are starting to not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And now John rises up to the occasion and says, I'm writing all these things that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Right in time with our, uh, with our Sunday today, our Father's Day, uh, you know what? The basic plot of John is found in John chapter 1, verse 11 to 13. Now, the entire, the entire book of John can be summed up into this. This is how it works. This is the story of John. Are you following me? Now, this will be really interesting as we come along. Amen. Uh, uh, verses 11 to 13, I'll just read through that. And we are very familiar to this. He came to that which was his own. But his own did not receive him. Do you remember this? John chapter 1, 1. Now, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you've ever watched a Star Wars movie, sinong nanakampanood ng Star Wars movie? Raise your hand. Star Wars, yeah. So what happens at the beginning of the movie? There's like, uh, many years ago, in a far, far away galaxy, da 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 Anong tunog ng Star Wars? It's, a, it's like a prologue. It is a prologue, parang introduction of what's going to happen. After that prologue, the story begins. That's what uh, John chapter 1, 1 to 18 is. A prologue. So that's an introduction to the story. And then verse 19, John then tells the story. But this is basically the basic, the, the basic plot of John. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. If you're going to look at the book and the gospel of John, among all four gospels, in the book of John you will find the highlight is Jesus, the Son of God, and his intimacy with the Father. And this intimacy that Jesus has with the Father, you will find it in many chapters in the, the Gospel of John that Jesus would not do a thing if he doesn't see the Father doing it. So if he sees the Father doing it, then he will basically do it. And he's very dependent on the Father and what the Father does, he does. So, and what's amazing in the book of John is this, the divine inv invitation. The intimacy that Jesus Christ has with the Father, He's basically inviting all of us to enter into that intimacy. To those, we remember earlier we were saying that the purpose that write, John is writing this is because there are now some believers who are starting to fall away from the faith and starting to doubt about the Messiahship of Jesus Christ. But then here, He emphasizes to those who believe, to those who will receive Him, has given the right to become children of God. 
Born of God. Now, that's the invitation of the book of John. Yeah? For God so loved the world, John 3.16, that He gave His one and only Son. The play of words here is always Father, Son, Father, Son, Father, Son. That whosoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. As a child of God, that's your promise. That's your promise. Amen? So, as we, as we read along, in, in John chapter 14, this is a very famous line. Thomas said to him, there's an account in John chapter 14 where Thomas basically approached Jesus. And then Thomas the doubter, <laughs> this is really interesting, the, the discussion that they have. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Now, Jesus is already talking about the crucifixion at this time, you know, predicting that he's going to suffer and die. And then resurrection and then eternal life. And then Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. That's the key to our message today. Now, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Now, you... You encounter a lot of other um, belief systems that says that uh, basically Jesus is just a human being, a prophet, and he's not really God. But we stand to the truth that of the Holy Trinity that Jesus is the Son of God and he is God himself. Now, the Holy Trinity is a very difficult thing to, to comprehend. And I think in our lifetime, we will not be able to comprehend it fully until we reach heaven and uh, have the capacity of mind that we don't have at the moment. But really, Jesus is the Son of God, and He Himself has said, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. The answer of Jesus is fascinating. He says to, to Philip, Do you, don't you know me? Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing His work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence on the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than this because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Last Friday, um, Charm was uh, testifying about uh, when we are having our discipleship group. When they were still in Singapore, and she has already forgotten this. When they are in Singapore, uh, they go to Joseph Prince Church there in uh, Singapore. And they, at, at the onset of the new year, 2016, I think uh, they were given like cards, like prayer cards. At the back of the card, they have to write three things that they are praying for for year 2016. And uh, I'm speaking in behalf of Charm. Uh, Charm is, uh, wrote three things. One, first one is uh, for the visa application, the, yeah, the work uh, for on in here, to, for them to basically arrive here in Australia and be a uh, resident here or something like that. 
And then the second, uh, the second prayer request is a high-paying job for my husband. <laughs> high-paying. <laughs> uh, which is, uh, yes, <laughs> high-paying daw eh. And the third uh, prayer request is uh, um, a house with a big backyard and a swimming pool. And we just moved house two weeks ago and we have a big backyard and we have a swimming pool. And Charm has forgotten all about this, but when she was collating her things, like looking for some things, I think she found that in a box, in memorabilia box. Niya. And then when she looked at it, she was in awe. She was shocked. I was like, oh, it actually all came true. You will ask my father anything in my name, and I will give it to you. Maybe you don't have... Because you've never really asked. Yung mga tatay po, no? Our father's here. You're not prophets, right? You're not, you cannot guess everything that your children wants unless they ask. When they ask, sometimes you say yes, sometimes you say no, sometimes you say not yet. And that's similarly to what the Lord is, you know? But sometimes when you come to the Lord and with uh, Puss in Boots, you know, yun, sa, sa Shrek, yung mata niya, yung biglang, please, daddy, please. Sometimes your heart melts, ano? Ako, sa pamangkin ko, ganun, when they're kids, I will say no, and then my niece will say, please, Tito, please. And your heart melts, and eventually you give in. Okay. And sometimes you are like that with the Lord, no? Arang, Lord, please. <laughs> And only a child of God who has intimacy with the Father will have that. John, he always describes himself in his own gospel as the disciple whom Jesus loves. Can you say that to yourself? I am, I am the child of God whom he loves so much. He loves me more than anyone else. <laughs> no, that's not true. But if you have that kind of confidence, which you should have, because indeed God loves you. Psalm 103 verse 3 says, If just like a father has compassion towards his children, so does God has compassion over you. One of the things that the enemy will always try to insert in your mind to take you away from the hands of God. The number one lie is God doesn't love you anymore. God doesn't love you anymore. He doesn't hear your prayers anymore. No, he doesn't really care anymore. But that indeed is a lie. And that's one of the things that you have to be assured of and firm on, on that conviction that God loves me because I am his child. Can you say that to yourself? God loves me. Say it with conviction. Uh, God loves me. Close your eyes and say, God loves me. To your neighbor, God loves you so much. You cannot doubt that. You will never have to doubt that because the love of the Lord is unfailing, relentless, always not giving up on you. That's the assurance that John, the book of John gives us. 
that's the assurance that the book of John gives us. If we dads, earthly fathers, you know, Jesus challenges the, the people during that time, yeah? If you earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more is your heavenly father? Will he give you, when, when, you, when the, your children ask you for bread, will you give him a snake? Will you give him a scorpion? How much more is your father in heaven? And that's the intimacy that Jesus is inviting us in. You know, when Jesus has taught us that prayer, the Lord's Prayer, our Father, for the very first time in Jewish history, you know, they don't, they don't normally call God Father. In the Old Testament, you will always find they cannot even mention the, the name of God. There's so much reverence and respect. Yahweh becomes Jehovah because they cannot say the name of God. And so they pray Jehovah, you know, Jehovah. But Jesus comes in the picture and says, this is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our Father, Jesus is saying you can be as intimate to God as you choose to be. You can be as intimate to God as you choose to be. It's really up to you. But God's arms are open wide. You know, um, when I became a Christian when I was in high school, you know, I grew up in a Christian family, but I really only understood and knew the Lord when I was in second year high school, 13 years old. One of the struggles I've had was the realization that God is Father. Because I didn't really have a good and intimate relationship with my dad. But all along in my childhood, I've always wanted that. I've always felt envious you know, towards my, my playmates when I see them being carried by their dads and hugged by their dads and playing basketball with their dads. That's why I didn't learn basketball. Um, I would just, you know, I'm lame <laughs> in sports when I was a young kid. I would just be always inside the home, studying, watching TV or playing with my toys. But I could never go out really. I'm not really an outdoorsy person because I've never, I'm, I was growing up with my dad always away. Now, he, I'm not saying my dad is a bad father. He did what he can in the way that he knows how. And I guess that's what you can do as a dad, right? He just didn't know any other thing better than that. That's maybe because that's also the way that he grew up in. And um, what's amazing when I became a Christian is I remember praying this prayer in one of our youth services. I said, God, I'm struggling. They say you are father. But I don't know how to relate to a father. Can you teach me how? Can you teach me how to become a son? Because I don't know how. And from that point on, God has revealed his loving kindness as a father to me. I've never experienced the loving kindness of the embrace of a father as the Lord has embraced me. Uh, many people in your world, even the closest to you perhaps, will fall short into your expectations. And sometimes will be um, not perfect, you know, and uh, not meet, you know, in a sense, your expectation, but the Lord will never let you down. The Lord has never let me down since. And until now, you know, even the fathers in the house right now, as we are talking about Father's Day today, fathering is such a difficult task. And I'm not 
speaking out of experience. I don't have an experience in that. But looking and observing, I'm living with Charmin on in, uh, uh, right now. And with the few months that I have been observing them, and I, I, I just take my hats off to the dads. And I would like to also um, encourage Onin. <laughs> no, no, no. Truly, no. I, I observe Onin fathering Sky. And Onin, you are, you are doing it well and you're doing it right. Yes. Um, and I, I think you know, a lot of our dads here are, are definitely doing it well and doing it right. The best that you can. And that's amazing. Hats off to you. I'm, I'm, I'm really, I salute you. And you know what? One of my ultimate dreams is to be a father as well in the future. In the near future. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but here's the thing. One of the things that is the key to learning how to father your children is really to be fathered as well. Because you cannot give what you do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. And if we haven't, if we didn't have that, then what can we give? If we didn't know any better, then what can we pass on? In the Bible, once again, I'd like to emphasize, you know, Deuteronomy, for example. Deuteronomy, you know, the task of a father, ultimately in the Bible, from the Old Testament down to the New, the task of the father is to pass on the faith and that relationship and devotion to God, to their children. And they would define success when they see that happen. And it's difficult, especially in our generation, you know. Um, a lot of distractions happening all around us. But this is the thing. I think what the Lord wants to encourage you, especially the dads and the moms as well, but the dads specifically, your children are watching you. Your children are looking at you. Even if you don't notice it, they're actually really watching you. And what I think the Lord is uh, wanting to encourage you with is that the Lord wants to tell to you this morning, keep on exposing your children, keep on keeping on. I mean, the Lord is with you. Whatever you do and however you, you are doing your fathering, you know, the Lord is with you. The Lord wants you to keep on exposing your children on your devotion to God. When they are exposed on your own devotion to God, then they will grow up with that awareness. God would be so real to them, not because of the many things that we are, you know, in, indoctrinating them on and on and on and on. But God would be so much more real to them if they see that in their parents' lives, God is so real. If you are three in the family or four in the say, for example, you're four in the family, if they can feel that in your household, there is a fifth person. And that's inevitable. They know that the presence of God in that, is in that home. Not just the four of you. Because they see that God is so alive in your life. Keep on doing that. I remember um, when I was a uh, transient um, house, Kilatilites, no? Uh, Manalang family when they were away for Europe. I was looking after the kids. <laughs> tatay, tatayan. Hindi <laughs> ko kaya. Hirap. <laughs> Anyways, no. Um, when I was there, uh, roommate ko si AJ. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it's it's a very good bonding. And then one time we were talking to each other um, uh, before we sleep. 
And then AJ mentioned to me something that really struck me. I was like, wow, that's so good. I love to hear that. And AJ, AJ basically just said to me, oh, yeah, I, I actually, I, um, I, I, see my, I see my dad uh, reading the Bible uh, in the morning, uh, something like that. I can't remember the exact words. But when he said that, I was like, wow, that's so good. And that tells me something. They're watching. And what we model to them is what they're going to carry on. Even if somehow they lost their way, you know, in teenage years, madaming uh, influences around. But they will always come back to what you have trained them for. The Bible declares that, isn't it? Train up a child in the way he should go. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he grows up, he will not depart from it. Um, uh, just really wanted to make it plain. Now, God being our heavenly father, you cannot really know him fully without fully knowing Jesus. That's the point of John. When you look at John, he's basically saying you can only know God if you know Jesus. That's, that's basically what Jesus is. What Jesus was saying was practically what God was saying. And what Jesus was drew, doing during that time is what practically what God was doing. And one of the amazing things with G, what, what Jesus is doing, if you notice it in the Gospel of John, even the other Gospels, you know, this is the picture. Jesus will always enter a city or a, a region, a province, and then there will be crowds of people following him, right? Because there are a lot of people who are sick, who have relatives who are sick, who needs a miracle, and people are squeezing in, crowding out. And Jesus could easily just, you know, all of you be healed. And it could be very easy for the Lord, right? Just all of you be healed. Just stop bugging me. No, it's not like that. But you will notice that Jesus will actually minister one person at a time. And if Jesus is doing that and putting value and love for one person, it says something about God, isn't it? He is a personal God. That he is individually concerned with you. That he can minister to you and you're not just a face in the crowd. He knows your name. He knows your name. And Jesus beautifully, you know, in the entire John, that's what he repeatedly does. And if he is doing what he is doing, and that is what God is doing, then the Father is like that. He's a father, yes, of nations. He's a father, yes, of a congregation. But he is your father. And he loves you. And he loves you so much. Amen? Amen. Let me just show you this um, video clip and then we're, cl we're closing in prayer. To all the dads. <laughs>
it for a while and then play it, I think. Loading. <laughs> May na daw internet. like to invite the worship team to come up here, please. <laughs> when you pray to God, how do you imagine Him? When you pray to God, how do you imagine Him? When you pray to God, He's really arms open wide. And if there's a favorite word that Jesus has, in the Gospels, especially in the Gospel of John, it is this four-letter word, C-O-M-E. Come. 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 It's heartbreaking sometimes, you know. I think, sino ba yung nagkukwento sa akin the other day? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's also on in, uh, when, because when they were in, in Singapore, Sky was left behind in the Philippines. And then when they visited in Singapore, Sky did not recognize them anymore. And it's he basically said it's heartbreaking, especially for Charm, because Sky doesn't want to come to them because they don't recognize them anymore. And so they, they really prayed for them to be together. Um, I guess with the heart of God, it's like that, isn't it? 
He says, come. Come. Come, my child. And it's heartbreaking for him, isn't it? When we don't come. When we don't come. And we try to live this life on our own terms, on our own ways, on our own, what we already knew. When in fact, the Lord wants to give you rest. When the Lord wants to really, you know, lend His strength on you. I'd like to go back to that verse that we mentioned earlier in John 1, 12. And this is an invitation that's open for all of us, isn't it? To all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Children not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. God doesn't want a religion type of relationship with us. No. He wants an intimate father and daughter, father and son relationship. And that's what we are to enjoy. That's what we are to be blessed with. That's what you are called to live. When you're living your life in, in the wrong kind of fear, thinking always that if you do something wrong, then God will suddenly turn His back on you. Then you have a wrong view of who God is. But if you have this view of God, His mercy are new every morning. His loving kindness fails not then you will want to live walking in His ways. Not in a wrong kind of fear, but a holy fear that basically gives our Heavenly Father honor, respect. You know, dads would always demand somehow for honor and respect. But that's amazing when your child gives you that, isn't it? God is also due our honor and respect. And that honor and respect is filled with that kind of love and amazement of who He is. Who He is. Amen? Can we all stand up, church? Beautiful God. Beautiful God. Beautiful Lord. Hallelujah. Let's respond to the Lord today and just really be a child. I love it when we were doing our worship earlier. We we're just singing this song, Good, Good Father. And I really sense the presence of God in this place. And He just wants us to take aside, you know, just lay aside every everything else. You know, every cares of this world and just sit at the feet of the Lord this morning. And be His child. Be His child. Hallelujah, Father. Lord, we thank You. We thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. You are our good Father. And from the very moment, Lord God, that you have called us, Lord God, you have found us. That's what you have shown us. You are so gentle. You are so kind, yet powerful and strong. Lord God, you are, Lord God, loving and merciful and gracious. Yet you are with authority. Yet you are with strength. Just like our fathers, Lord God, you exemplify that in our lives. And Lord, if anyone here somehow is missing their dads, their earthly fathers, if, if we are in a sense somehow in one way or another fatherless, we've never really experienced a father's love, I pray that you will minister your love and embrace to our brethren, to every 
sister and every brother in this room who longs for a father's embrace. May the Lord embrace you right now. The Lord is here and He wants to embrace you. Just really open your heart to the Lord this morning. And as we have said earlier, Jesus, the image of the invisible God, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, you can come to the Father because of Him, through Him. Can you come, come, come? The Lord bids you to come. Amen. Can we sing this song? You're a good, good Father. You're a good, good Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, a thousand stories of one. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Minister to your people. You tell me that you're never alone. You're a good, good. Come on, raise your voice. Reach out to the Lord, Amen. Yes, Lord. We confess, Lord.
extend that invitation once again and if you are in this room and you feel like you don't really have that kind of relationship with God Him as your loving Father and you as His child, the Lord is inviting you into that sweet, intimate relationship with Him to those who believe Him to those who receive Him is given the right to become children of God and just like when I was 13 years old and I pray that prayer, Lord, I don't know how to relate to you as a father. And I don't know how to be a son. I don't know how to be a daughter to you. Can you teach me, Lord? Can you teach me? Can you open your heart this morning? Can you pray this prayer? Repeat after me. Father, my father, thank you for your love that never ends for me. And because you want to be in relationship with me so much, for me to have a restored, reconciled relationship with you, you have given your son, Jesus Christ. You have loved me so much, the world so much, that you have given your one and only son. And whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It's true, Lord, that we will only understand how much you love us if we begin to understand how much you love your only son that you are willing you are willing to sacrifice him for each and every one of us that tells us on how much you love and value each of one of us you have traded heaven's treasure to reclaim us and to be reconciled with you again Today, Lord, I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Not just Lord, not just Savior, but God, Father, and me, your child. How amazing is that to me? And Lord, today I claim 
that gift, that free gift of salvation. I claim that free gift of life. I claim that free gift of grace. And I claim that free gift of intimacy that you've offered for me. Teach me, Lord. Teach me to walk this life as a child of yours. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you, God. May we always remember all the days of our lives that, God, we are your children. And, Lord, we will just always be in awe of that truth. Nothing else matters when that truth sinks in within our hearts. Nothing else matches that amazing, amazing privilege that we have. And, Lord, from now on, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that each day of our lives will just live in light of that, your children. And you who loves us will never abandon us. You'll never leave us nor forsake us. I pray that you will bless each and every one of us. May you raise, will you raise your hand to receive the Father's blessing. Oh Lord, Heavenly Father, He anoints you. He lays His hand upon you. He surrounds you with His protection. You are in His mighty arms. He carries you in all seasons of your life. And may the Lord our God bless you and keep you indeed. Make His face to shine upon you. Smile on you each day and give you peace knowing that His presence will never abandon you each day. Peace that can never be stolen by anything in this world. As you live your life before Him, you will find yourself blessed both in your coming in and in your going out, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone say...